Today in the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, we are going through talk about the Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul announcement match that they made yesterday by WWE. What are my thoughts and my opinion on that? I will let you know. Also, we're going to be talking AEW. We're going to be talking um, New Japan. We're going to be talking a bunch of stuff behind the curtain today. We're going to have that and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. Welcome to another episode of Chokeslam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One. And of course, we are back with another episode and the stuff. This may not be a long podcast. Let me put it that way. I already had uh, did a video on the PWI 500 list. You guys can go to my YouTube channel, the Chokeslam Wrestling Report, and check that out. And give your thoughts and your opinions on my opinions about the PWI 500 list and the, the, the travesty, I should say, of that list. Of some of the guys that were there, especially with the CM Punk at number three. It's funny, I did a poll on uh, Twitter and um, I pretty much asked the wrestling community, do you think... That CM Punk deserved the number three spot on the PWI 500. As uh, crazy as it sounds, 44% said yes. Now, I'm sure that those 44% are fan of his. Probably the same 44% who thinks that what he did at the scrum was right. Uh, but you can check that video and my thoughts about that on my YouTube channel. Uh, the Chokesland Wrestling Report. Yes, I'm doing a cheap plug on the channel. So you guys can check that out. But the main topic here that I'm going to begin was the fact that WWE announced that Roman Reigns will be defending his undisputed Universal Championship at WWE Crown Jewel against Logan Paul. Now, you know how I feel. In the three years you guys been listening to me, almost four, uh, that how I feel about celebrities or clowns, I'm going to call him a clown because that's what Logan Paul is, a clown, being allowed to step into a wrestling ring, a professional wrestling ring, whether you want to call it sports entertainment, you want to call it whatever you want to call it. Someone to step in the ring and getting in the ring with a professional wrestler, someone who has put his life, has put everything on hold, his family, uh, his kids, to be a professional wrestler, to become the best that he is. When you got guys like Logan Paul, who's a YouTube guy, okay, step in the ring against Roman Reigns for the world title. Well, when I first heard this, I asked myself this question. Is 
WWE ran out of challengers for Roman Reigns that they now are putting an individual who has, you ready for this? Two matches under his belt. Just because he had a great match with The Miz, WWE decided to go and put this match together. Now, think about this. This is not done by Vince McMahon. McMahon is no longer around. Okay? Think about this. I want you to understand that. McMahon is not around anymore. So who's to blame for this? Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan. Those are the people who are in charge of WWE that continues to put these type of matches just to catch the casual fans. Now, you're going to ask yourself, what's wrong with a casual fan? Well, a casual fan don't know nothing about the history of the WWE. You ask them who the ultimate warrior, or maybe they may know Hulk Hogan, they may know the ultimate macho man, that's about it. But they don't know the history of the WWF slash WWE. They don't know when it was in existence unless they go to Wikipedia or online to do their research. Okay? And they will go and sit down, buy a ticket, and claim, oh, Roman Reigns is the best thing ever. And then if you ask them, have you seen AEW? No, they're not real wrestling fans. So this is what WWE is doing and continues to do. I figure, well, Triple H is going to change all that because, you know, Triple H is about professional wrestling. Apparently, he's not. And there was word going around that he wasn't planning to change anything. He wasn't planning to change anything, not with the exception of what we saw this Tuesday. The NXT Black and Gold is back, which is bad news for AEW if they don't get their shit correct together. But, I mean... This really blew my mind when they said Logan Paul will challenge Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Universal Championship at WWE Crown Jewel. I was like, another stupid thing, huh? So, Fightful Select said that Logan, Pe- Logan Paul get his shot at the champion during a press conference in Las Vegas, Nevada. Triple H, WWE's chief content officer, officially announced that Logan Paul will face Roman Reigns for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia on November 5th. This was only this was only be Logan's third match. You hear this, right? Third match as a WWE superstar. Now you gotta ask this question. Third match. You got wrestlers in there that has been clawing, trying to get to the top. Trying to do everything possible, okay? Everything possible to get a world title shot. And here comes someone outside of the box. Two matches under their belt. And they're going to get a title shot. What does this tell you? This is how much WWE cares about their people. Now... There's, there's news going around that, oh, you know, Triple H took over and everybody wants to work with Triple H. But the same stupidity and things are happening. Outsiders coming in to steal the spotlight of wrestlers who work their asses off every day to then step aside so a guy like Logan Paul, who has no business in the WWE wrestling ring, to get a shot 
at Roman Reigns. Now, we all know maybe he's not. Not maybe. I know he's not going to win the title from Roman Reigns. But you got to ask this question. Did they run out of challenges for Roman Reigns? Okay. There's no other excuse for this. There is no other excuse for this. Why is this happening? You know, you got a lot of wrestlers in there that you could give a shot at. You could get another shot at Drew McIntyre. But Drew McIntyre has shot at um, Roman Reigns or wrestled Roman Reigns twice. And he lost twice. Okay. This is was the chosen one back in the two, early 2000s. You know. So Drew McIntyre is not going to get in there. What about a Sheamus who always gets in the ring and brings... You know, the best matches that he could bring and go at it with like guys like Riddle. Uh, you know, I mean, he just had a crazy match with Walter. Yes, I still call him Walter, not Gunter. Uh, you know, you, you have all these guys who uh, I feel that could be given a title opportunity, but you allow, you allow a clown like Logan Paul to come in just for you to get you know, clout. Clout from casual fans. Now, I saw something online where somebody said, well, I'd rather have a, a Logan Paul come in instead of a part-timer. It's the same shit. It's the same thing. Okay? The difference between a part-timer and Logan Paul is that a part-timer was a wrestler who used to wrestle but doesn't wrestle full-time. And may give a match, a better match than Logan Paul. What are you going to do? He's going to do certain stuff. Like, oh my God, he did this. Come on, stop. Stop. You know what I'm saying? It's just ridiculous that people right away are going to go. The first one's talking crap about how WWE product was garbage. But yet, wants to see this shit. Because I don't want to see this. What For what? It's not, I don't care if he does very well like he did with... With the Miz, whatever. He don't belong in a wrestling ring. He don't belong in a wrestling ring. And Roman Reigns should not be defending the belt with a non-wrestler. I don't care how many matches this man had. Two, two matches. Two matches is not enough because that's a slap to the face for the rest of the roster. And if you think it's not, there you go. And again, what Triple H is doing is the same shit McMahon was doing. Okay? The only difference is... Triple H is not going to give you Vince and repeat matches, but he's still doing the same thing. Oh, it's sports entertainment. Nobody should be there. No Bad Bunny. No, uh, 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 how you call it? Uh, uh, Logan Paul or Jake Paul or uh, your mother's Paul. Any Paul should be in that ring if they're not a wrestler. There's no way in the world you should be allowing that to happen. You know what I'm saying? It is one of the reasons what I just totally stopped watching WWE because WWE right now I saw the match between um, Drew McIntyre and, and Roman Reigns and it kind of kind of pissed me off because the way the ending was. Again, why do they don't want to take this belt away from? Them? Why? And I'm gonna tell you why because they know they have not built a strong babyface. To beat Roman Reigns. Okay. Okay. And if a Roman Reigns loses the belt. He decides that he wants to take time off. WWE product will go down the toilet. Because in reality. They have not built anybody big enough. To carry that that brand. To carry WWE. Even either Raw or SmackDown. They haven't. For almost 5-6 years. Vince McMahon. Put the. Uh, 
the the WWE on the back of Roman Reigns and whatnot. And don't get me wrong, Roman Reigns as a heel is a is is great. But there comes a time when you be like, well, you know what? It, it, it's it's just it's just nonsense. But anything. This came during the press conference. Roman Reigns said the only reason he is giving Logan Paul this opportunity is because he is a good tribal chief. <sighs> I can't. Reigns recently appeared on the latest episode of Paul's Impulsive Podcast to help set up the bar between the two men. Paul called out Reigns at the end of the podcast, leading to a Twitter exchange that also featured Paul Heyman. This led to Logan Paul appearing on SmackDown on September 16th to set up a press conference. This will be the fourth Crown Jewel event. Inside of Ray Denny back to 2018. <sighs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't care. Uh, in reality, it's just uh, another WWE again trying to bring in their fans. Um, and they're getting a lot of good good ratings on TV. They're getting the two millions. <coughs> the two millions. Uh, I think they got two million a couple of weeks ago for Raw before the NFL season started. But they always getting the two million in SmackDown. So you got the faithful WWE fans still coming back. But I will not, and I repeat, I will not sit down to watch any WWE product and whatnot. I'll watch it. I'll go to YouTube, see the little clips here and there. Um, you know. But in reality, if you think about it, Roman Reigns holding both belts. First of all, Roman Reigns holding both belts. And showing up whenever the hell he wants, he's hurting the products. Like Raw. He don't show up at Raw, you, Raw don't got a world champion. They don't got no world, no world champion to be shown on TV on Monday nights. Because if he doesn't feel like coming, he's not going to come. So, it, it's just sad that, that you know, they are still doing the same thing at one another that they've been doing for a while. You know, it just, it's just ridiculous. But it is what it is. Um, but we're going to follow this, see where it goes. I mean, w would I watch Crown Jewel? I'm not watching no damn Crown Jewel. I'll watch the highlights of it to see where it goes. Other than that, uh, again, I, I don't know if I will go back to WWE, watch WWE, because it's just too much, too much nonsense. But Roman Reigns was uh, announced as the best wrestler in the world in the PWF 500, that bullcrap list. Uh I guess you, I have to agree with that because he did wrestle a lot of people. He fought the Brock Lesnar. He fought Bob. I th did he fight Bobby Lash? I think he did. Uh, so he wrestled a lot. But the funny thing is the criteria to become number one, you got to have at least six matches a month. Um, my man don't wrestle six matches a month. Let's be realistic. He doesn't. So I don't know. But he wins it this year. And then number two was Kosusuko Okada, of course. Uh, Okada winning the G1 Climax last year, plus the IWGP Championship. And the, the most laughing, most laughable ranking was CM Punk at number three. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But anyway, we'll be right back after this. Hi, this is James Rodens from the WNR Podcast, and you are listening to the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. And we're back, so we're going to talk more 
wrestling news and rumors behind the curtain stuff so first let's start off with malachi black asked for time to recalibrate himself following a prestige wrestling bout now you know the malachi black uh you know competing in the aew all out teaming with brody king and uh, buddy matches in a loss to darby allen sting and Miro. after the match in an off-camera moment, Black bowed and blew a kiss to the crowd. Tony Khan gave a no comment when asked about Malachi's status with the company at the Old Out Media Scrum. Following his match at Prestige Wrestling Perseverance on yesterday, Black addressed the crowd. I understand all of you have questions. When I, what am I doing and where am I going? On a serious note, understand that in due time, I will answer the majority of these questions. However... For the last 22 years of my life, I have never not once taken one step back and recalibrated my life and took a chance to look back at all the stuff I've done in the ring, but the stuff i done out of the ring. i never done that because I always had this attitude of horse blinders. I've done that for my entire professional career because I had this one attitude toward wrestling that you have to think globally, not locally. If you think locally, you get stuck in one place. That applies in everything. If you want to branch out, you have to focus on the little thing. As cliche as that sounds, it that's got me here to the United States. For the 22 years that I've given the absolute everything, please allow me to take a few weeks, maybe a few months, to recalibrate myself and put in perspective. I promise you this is not a goodbye, and we'll see each other soon, he said. Uh, you know, this is... Uh, this is... I don't know how to take that because I know he asked for his release with AEW. Now, he has signed a seven-year deal, whatever. Well, I think it, I think it was a seven-year deal with AEW. And he asked for his release because of mental health issues and all that. That is not good for AEW because they lost a good wrestler. And then to top it all, House of Black, you just put Julia Hart as part of that group. We never got to see... Malachi Black versus Miro on a one-on-one basis. And the way he went out wasn't good. The House of Black should have won the trio's tag team titles. But because the Elite and Kenny Omega, you know, the fact that they wanted to put these titles on them and continue this Adam Page, you know, is he part of the Elite or not? And... Put his Dark Order brothers involved in this little storyline. And at the end, it backfired. It backfired on a week where it was a big cluster, you know what? Where you saw CM Punk acting like an a-hole. Calling out the, the elite in a scrum. The elite answered back. A fight occurred, or whatever you want to call it, melee. People got suspended. The trio's title got stripped from the elite. And then Malachi Black announces that same week that uh, AEW announces that Malachi Black asked for his release and was given his release. You know? Um, it's sad. Because now Malachi Black asks for time to recalibrate himself. Now, the question is, you know, will he return back to WWE? I mean, now there's under Triple H. is not under Vince McMahon. And most likely... That's what we'll see him. This is a big loss for AEW. Now everybody's talking about, oh, Matt Hardy may be part of the House of Black 
I don't care about Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy should just retire. And his brother too. Both of them. I don't want to hear people like, oh, they're a good tag team. Retire. You're done. You're done. And your buddy buddies with the freaking elite, with Matt Jackson and, and Nick Jackson, you're still trying to push something, a narrative that is, is done and over with for the last five years. Okay? Uh, then there's where this thing may be the leader of the House of Black. How do I feel about Sting, a 60-something-year-old guy, being the leader of the House of Black? It could work, but no. Without Malachi Black as part of the House of Black, which AEW went and they trademarked it, which is crazy, it's not going to be the same. So I feel bad for Brody King and, Ma- and Buddy Matthews because, and Julia Hart, because here's Julia Hart, who was part of uh, the Varsity Blonde, which that tag team was just horrendous. The, the, those guys were garbage. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not a big Brian Pillman Jr. fan. Never was, never will. Um, and that tag team was just not pushed correctly, number one. Two, they tried to push it as these, these uh, you know, like like the, what was that tag team back then with Shane Douglas and, and, and George Leonidas. I forgot the tag team from WCW. They tried to push that as that. So Tony Khan had this vision of them as, you know, some WCW thing back in the days. No. It's, it's, it's not going to work. So now Julia Hart gets out of that to join the House of Black. But now Malachi Black is gone. I am very humble in a way because I got to see Malachi Black uh, actually beat Cody Rhodes at Grand Slam last year. Um... And now we lose, we, you know, not we, but AEW loses Malachi Black. And my, they might lose him to WWE for a year. Because his, he can't go and join WWE because the deal is he can't wrestle for nobody for a year. You know what I'm saying? So, who knows? He may come back to AEW and join the House of Black again. But by then, that's 365 days. A lot of things can happen. So, that... That is very sad. I mean, that this guy is no longer with AEW. Um, Danny Limelight, who uh, a couple of weeks ago I mentioned that uh, he let uh, he was not happy with MLW. Well, Danny Limelight is a free agent, and we learn a little bit more about his exit from MLW. Five Foot Select said we're told that Limelight was on an exclusive paper appearance deal that was originally set to run through June of 2023. However, Limelight looked to secure his release after what he tells us was simply bad timing. Limelight was a member of the group 5150, but unfortunately health issues to Conan and injuries to his tactic point in Slice Boogie derailed the plans for the group. We're told that when they weren't creating plans for Limelight, he wasn't brought to New York's taping. He sold out his release, MLW granted, and we're told it was an amicable parting of the ways with the two sides. It was noted that Limelight and Major League Wrestling are open to working together again in the future if the situation presents itself. Well, Limelight was not featured in the New York show Battle Riot, which it was a, that. This is one of the reasons when I stopped watching MLW. Because MLW, I mean, as good as the show was, and I'm going to say as the show was. It, it, it took a bad turn once Hammerstein, Alex Hammerstone became the world champion. Uh, Fatu was still f- feuding with, with the big dude uh, from, from Contra. And 
Like, it was not something I wanted to see. Um, and then they used to use a lot of these Mexican wrestlers when they go did the, the crash promotion. And I, I, I didn't want to watch anymore. And then, you know, Limelight and Slice Boogie were the ones that I wanted to watch because of the LAX thing, 5150. And as you can see, it didn't work out. So, Limelight, I don't know where he's going to go, but I know he mentioned something to the effect that he wanted to go look at, the, you know, most likely to go to WWE. But we'll see what happens uh, if he does go to WWE um, in the future. Um, let's see, uh, I don't think anything else here that I, I, I see, but I know for a fact, for a fact, that there was news from, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, FTR to defend the IWGP Tag Team Titles at Royal Quest 2. New Japan's announced that FTR will defend their Tag Team Titles against Aussie Open, on October 1st, which is in a couple of weeks. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see the New Japan Strong versus the IWGP Tag Team Champions coming up. Also from Japan, New Japan Kenta. One of my worst experiences was not being allowed to use a move I created four years ago. And he's talking about the move that CM Punk stole. And yes, I'm going to say he stole it. Kenta, the man who invented the GTS finishing moon, later used by CM Punk as often taking Punk to the task over his use of the move. Now he has released a tweet saying that one of the worst experiences in his career was not being allowed to use the move he created for four years. He never notes what maneuver he is referring to, however. But we know he's talking about the GTS because when he came uh, to NXT, where he was a Hideo Hideo Atami, whatever his name was there, he wasn't allowed to use that. And meanwhile, CM Punk was in retirement so that he couldn't use that in the States when he was in WWE. It, it's just ridiculous that we see guys like CM Punk using a move that's not his. And he's getting a bad rep for this also. And he's getting a bad rep overall. I Listen, at this point... You know, as much as I want to see him punk to come back to wrestling, and when he did return, I said, wow, that's going to be incredible, whatever. He has left me with a bad taste in my mouth because this guy uh, was making the scene that he was trying to save wrestling from, you know, the powers that be like WWE who like to monopolize the whole wrestling business. And all the time, he was just pretty much... Um, he was just thinking of himself. He wasn't thinking about nobody else. Uh, and he showed it. He showed it in the scrum. And, you know, it, it's crazy because, um, you know, he, he, I don't know. He's just the type of guy that, that you know, you don't, you know, you, 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 you ask yourself, he's there for himself. I mean, he came to AEW and I think what his plan was to get on Tony Khan's side and run the show the way he wants. He wanted to do some. So, I'm running the whole show. I am the man. Well, uh, as you can see, that didn't work out. And now, he's suspended for God knows how long. So, we'll see. The Pro Wrestling Vault. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. 
Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. And we're back. So we're going to be talking a little bit AEW uh, Dynamite and a little bit of Rampage uh, that happened this week. Uh, so, you know, uh, AEW, uh, we know all the nonsense, all the craziness that happened, um, you know, during the uh, during this whole CM Punk situation and all that. Well, this week. Uh, and you, as you well know, he got stripped off the title. So they've been having this Grand Slam tournament of champions. Uh, we came down this week down to John Mosley versus Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson in the main event of the Dynamite. So uh, Dynamite started off with uh, with John Mosley versus Sammy Guevara. Of course, Lord William Regal joined the broadcast booth for this match. Mox went to grab Sammy, and Sammy immediately jumped out of the ring. He was playing head games with John Moxley. Moxley grabbed a headlock and took Sammy down to the mat. Mox backed Sammy into the corner, but Sammy escaped, began to beat down Mox with strikes and boots. Mox fired back with a King Kong Larian, turning Sammy inside out. Mox and Sammy traded chops. Sammy went over the top row to Mox on the arena floor with a top coat. Hero and follow up with a tornado. Sammy ran Moxley and Skull into the still ring post. Uh, actually, the ring steps. And Sammy was looking for a power drive, but Moxley defended it with a headbutt. Mox planted Sammy on the ring apron. Guerrero uh, was rocked on the outside. Moxley, Moxley blasted Sammy with the lariat. Moxley dug his finger to Sammy's back and then bit Sammy's forehead. And then Moxley took Sammy down with a butterfly super for a near fall. Moxley applied an arm bar, but Sammy transitioned with a crab. Mop, Mox escaped, but ate a springboard cutter from Sam for near four. And Simon hosted Mox for the GTA, but Mox countered it with transcending to a bulldog chalk. Mox went for the King Kong Larry, but Sammy countered with a Spanish fly for a two count, which was very beautiful. Uh, this is awesome. Chant started with the fans. And out of nowhere, something that we don't need to see. And that was Ty Mello and Anna J storm out to the ring. Janet jumped into the ring apron and distracted the referee while Ty entered the ring from the other side and kicked Moxley with a low blow. Sammy tried to cover Mox, but Mox kicked out. Then Sammy jumped into a senton automatico, but Moxley dodged it. And then Sammy fired off forearms to Moxley and then caught Mox under the jaw with a trust kick. Sammy went for the GTH again, but Moxley countered with a death rider and then pinned Sammy. Uh, John Moxley then now is advancing in the tournament. But this, this match was very interesting because after this, uh, the day after, you had Ty Mello and Rene Parquet, which is a Mosley's wife, going back and forth on Twitter. She claiming, keep your hands off my husband. Ty Mello said, well, you know where to find me, the B word. Uh, you know where to find me every Wednesday. So who, maybe there's going to be something out of it, but I highly doubt it. So then MJF, uh, Escalab informed us that MJF was making a scene in the back and it was demanding a microphone. So when Mox came, I mean, MJF came out, 
He said, Alvin, keep your fat, ma fat mouth shut. Seven days, John Mosley, seven long days. I haven't slept a wink since you and I came toe-to-toe -to -toe last week. It's because I saw the look in your eyes. You had the look of a man with no fear, and it pisses me off. You must have me confused with somebody else. I'm not the same kid I was the last time we crossed paths, John. I'm not playing a character, John. You are. You're a joke. But I read your book, John, especially I love the part where you talk about your childhood. You were raised the same way as these people. Uneducated, poor, from the sticks. You got bullied, didn't you, John? This was a good promo, which I'm not going to continue reading this because um, we know it looks like maybe MJF is going to get involved in the championship match and maybe cause Moxley to win the belt again. Uh, and then, of course, maybe what we talk about MJF John Mosley feud, which is pretty good, and um, you know, Mox right now is hotter than I don't know what. This man has been carrying AEW for a while, so, but you know, I don't know what after he finished this um, this promo, he said, "Now Albany, let's get down to business." A young group of gentlemen helped me procure my chip in the ladder match. Allow me to introduce the first stable of on retainer. Led by a man I have known since I was 19, Stokely Hathaway and The Firm. So now AEW has a new, um, you know, a new group or a new faction in AEW. MJF gave the microphone to Stokely and then left to Stokely to address the crowd. He pretty much, uh, he talked about. Morrissey, who uh, Morrissey now is part of the Stokely firm, and he talked about Lee Moriarty, and he talked about the guns. He said they're not boys, they're men, and they don't want to walk in the shadow of their daddy, and you would take them seriously. He said, Aiden Page, my main man, I know this man over for over 10 years. He wants to represent his beautiful home country of Canada and win the All Atlantic Championship. So there you have it. We are the firm. Either run with us or from us. So pretty much, he has a new group. Uh, there's a new faction now in AEW. I mean, we knew the Stokers making, giving our cards. So Jungle Boy had a Jack Perry open contract match. And him and Gialito had a face-off. And the ending of this match had Jungle Boy stop a pump kick from Gialito and point on the snare trap. Sanjay Dub jumped to the apron and distracted Jungle Boy. Jay grabbed Jungle Boy. But Jungle Boy escaped, putting Lito in the snare trap again. Jay Lito finally tapped out so you know what i just talked about a little while ago about wwe having people who don't belong in the wrestling scene at all well aew has brought in now action bronson the guy who is the rapper in hooks um entry or uh, his uh when he comes into the ring he's preparing for the match for next week and I believe, if I'm correct, who uh, they're gonna they're going after 2.0, uh, Magic Daddy and Parker. So they're ready for the match next week. I don't know where this is gonna happen at. Uh, watch it; it's gonna happen at the Grand Slam next week. Action, Action Bronson. I don't know. I, I I don't. I'm not too crazy about this. Um, I don't know why they're doing this, but this don't belong in the in the wrestling ring. I don't care if it's AEW, WWE, New Japan, Impact. If you're not a wrestler, you should not be in the ring. Doing what? what and, and the question is, Action, Action Bronson is wrestling. 
What eyes are you bringing into the product? Again, casual fans, for what? For what? If they're not wrestling fans now, they're not going to be a fan because you're going to do it like a one and done. I, I really don't know. Uh, then we have Powerhouse Hobbs versus Matt DiMartino, who was supposed to be, you know, uh, he was uh, a hometown boy uh, from, from Albany. Uh, Stark planted DiMartino with a spine buzz and pinned him right away. But then Hobbs got on the mic and started at all out. I defeated Ricky Starr, don't get me wrong. Ricky stuff, tough. I spent 21 months in the trenches with Ricky grinding. But at all out, it only took 4 minutes and 35 seconds to beat him. Now, that's a chapter is closed on Ricky Starr. It's time to open a new chapter in the book of Hobbs. And it starts tonight. Ricky Starr came out of nowhere from the fan. Ricky Starr came down to the steps of the arena out of the crowd. Ricky jumped into the ring and hit Hobbs with a barrage of shots. And Stark used the microphone and smacked Hobbs right in the mouth with it. And gained some measure of revenge. So, uh, this Ricky Starr's powerhouse Hobbs match feud is not over. I, I like it, though. The AEW World Tag Team titles were on the line as the Lucha Brother, Penta, and Zero Miedo and Ray Phoenix versus Swerve in our glory, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Uh, the ending of this match was, this match was crazy. The fact that we saw Keith Lee, um, well, actually Keith Lee was, um, uh, he was Canadian destroyed by Penta. That, that. It, it, it was crazy because, you know, uh, Penta hit a sling blade and then backstab on Swerve. Key lead through Ray Phoenix like a lawn dart to break up the pin. Penta had on Swerve. Key lead tagged in. Ran, ran Penta Cerro with a shoulder tackle. Ray Phoenix connected with a springboard Spanish fly on Swerve. Penta rocked Keith Lee with a Canadian Destroyer. That was four near four. This this was crazy. But then Key Lee came back and planted Penta and then pinned him. They claim walked into the ramp. And Max Catcher said if Swerve ever interrupted his rap again, he'll have to answer for it. The claim vowed to win the AEW World Tag Team titles this Wednesday at Grand Slam. Alex Marvez was in the backstage trying to interview Jeff Triangle. Pac took exception to Mar Marvez's wording. And Pac reminded Marvez that they are the trio's champion. All of a sudden, Orange Cassidy out of nowhere. Dex Pac with an orange punch and told Pac he wouldn't be a double champion for long. Uh, then we had the uh, tag team of Tony Storm and Athena versus Serena Brick Baker with Rebel. These show Storm into the corner, shoves Storm into the corner, and then blasts her with a hard chop. Stop turned things around deep and counter her own chop. Athena tags in and hit a shotgun drop kick and then vaulting elbow strike on deep. Bigger distracted Athena, which allowed deep to chop block Athena. Storm swept out Baker's legs. Storm tried for the hip attack, but Baker escaped the, escaped the ring with help. Baker rallied back with a swing blade. Athena and Deep tagging the respective teams. And then Athena hit a springboard. But, but Deep countered with an arm bar. Athena escaped, crashed down to Deep with a meteora, uh, meteora. And Starb tagged in. But Deep applied a single crab. Athena tried to break it up with an elbow shot. But Baker blasted Athena with a thrust kick. Baker sent Athena hard into the uh, steel ring step. Rebel distracted the referee while Britt held up steel chair. Dean rammed Storm into the steel chair. And then Dean... Deep pin storms. After the match, Athena clocked deep. Baker drove Athena's hand to the mat with a curb stomp. Jamie Hayter ran into the ring and hit Athena with a steel chair. Baker told Hayter, I said I was sorry, but Hayter walked off alone. So it looks like Rip Baker and 
Jamie Hayter will be the, now feuding against each other, and that's going to come soon. The semifinals of the Grand, uh, Grand Slam Tournament of Champions, Grand Wizard Chris Jericho versus American Dragon. American Dragon ended up winning that match. Uh, you know, um, Jericho chop blocked Dennis' leg. Jericho followed up with a knee breaker. Dennis will fall back on one leg. Dennis had hopped forward, but he played it right into Chris Jericho's hand. Jericho locked the wall. Jericho, Chris Jericho just hits into a heel lock. Dennis was making an army crawl to the ropes, but Jericho pulled Dennis back to the center of the ring. Brian shoved Jericho away from his foot. Jericho applied the figure four to Dennis. Brian captured the arm and just hit into a label lock. Jericho on Jericho, and then Jericho tapped out. The American Dragon Brian Dennison advances to the final next week on Dynamite, and it'll be against John Moxley. And of course, the question: Who will be the world champion? Um, you know, it's crazy because um, we're gonna have two members of of the um, uh, of the uh, combat club go against each other. Um, so it's gonna be very interesting and whatnot. If these guys are gonna end up feuding with each other at the end maybe not who knows but you know um again we'll see then we had uh rampage darby Allen versus matt hardy uh you know darby and sting walk into the ramp Brody, uh brody challenged uh and then matt darby and sting to a match next week against the house of black and i know disqualification match uh it's 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 crazy uh Darby Darby beats um, Matt Hardy, but this word that Matt Hardy may join, um, how you call it, may join the House of Black. I don't want that happening. Uh, and it looks uh, that Claudius Castelloni is going to defend his belt against Chris Jericho next week. Uh, Jake Carhill was backstage with the baddies. Uh, nothing crazy, you know. Uh, Diamante. Who we haven't seen her in God knows how long. Uh, she said, Jay, if you want to competition, all you had to do was ask, how about next week in New York? Diamante is pulling up, and she's showing up with the baddest bitch from the 305. So, here you go. Diamante versus Jay Carhill next week. We had a Willow Nightingale against Penelope Ford. And in this match, and Penelope Ford applied an Indian Deathlock, and Ford's willing to tap out. Hmm. Crazy. Uh, Dan Houser versus O Eagle Ethan Page. Of course, Dan Houser and Mac Ethan Page. It didn't take long before Ma Page to mount Dan Houser, ground and pound him. Page hit a shoulder tackle and then finished off Dan Houser with an e Eagle's aid to score the pin. Uh, I, I I don't know. They they are Dan Houser has become a joke in AEW. I, I don't understand that part. It don't make no sense to me. Uh, and backstage, yeah, absolutely. Ricky Star said the talking was over. And Stark looking to the camera to powerhouse Hobbs that Hobbs now has his full undivided attention. I will see you personally in New York City. We had the main event which is Samoa Joe versus Josh Woods, the former pure Ring of Honor champion for the Ring of Honor World TV title. Uh, at one point after the match, Samoa Joe smashed Woods with a power slam, sternly distracted Samoa Joe long enough for Woods to blast Samoa Joe with a knee strike. Samojo nailed Jaws with the STO. Samojo crushed crunched Woods with a muscle buster and then pinned Woods. After the match, knees blindsided Samojo. Samoa Joe 
Needs and Wolves double team Samoa Joe until TNT champion Warlord ran out to make the save. Warlord was about to powerbomb Sterling until Needs pulled Sterling from the ring. So we're going to have Samoa Joe and now um, and Warlord now going to be teaming up. Probably going to start feuding with uh, Mark Sterling's people. So there you go, guys. That was your AEW this week. I'm going to have more news and rumors of AEW. There's stuff going on that a lot of people are not talking about, but we are going to talk about it on the next segment. We'll be right back. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Jada Red Sante, host of Turnbuckle Tabloid, and you're listening to the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. And we're back. So we got more news to begin here. So let's start off. Let me give you, uh, first of all, the great old Khan uh, has something to say about AEW. He said, we felt AEW is full of indie wrestlers. MJS understands true pro wrestling. Yeah, great old Khan said, we felt that AEW is full of indie wrestlers. There are plenty of formidable wrestlers there, but they are un- unrefined. And ill-educated. A shame, he said. We care not for pro wrestling, so we haven't seen or heard of MJF. Yet clearly he's one of the precious few who truly understand the meaning of true professional wrestling. And we think he must be the one to be uh, be the one of the very best in the world, he said. It is crazy to hear that from Great O'Conn. So I guess he got a glimpse when he went to... Forbidden Door this past June and probably saw something that we probably haven't been able to look at at all. So it's crazy. But there's more news on AEW and Kenny Omega, of course. Uh, Kenny Omega was part of a uh, uh, company meeting before several weeks back that pretty much ruffled some feathers. So, here in this little thing I found, says Kenny Omega's speech left some AEW stars upset at the talent meeting. I guess this was before all the CM Punk thing. He said, also surfacing was a story that at a company meeting called several weeks back that the part of the speech by Omega that was described as a pep talk and tough love, but that some were irked by a line he said that 8 out of 10 of the people that were the people there he wouldn't have hired. He has really set that line. One version is that it was a very clear when he said it was being com- comedic. That he was looking at Will Ospreay when he said it. Then said that he was just messing with Ospreay. Many laughed about it. Others took it serious and there was those upset about it. Several told us it was something totally misinterpreted and then taken out of context but others didn't like it. First of all... If you say that eight out of your ten wrestlers in the meeting you were not hired, I mean it's bad enough that Kenny Omega already got heat. The young bucks got heat in the back, and you're gonna make a comment when already the the the, the pot was already hot as it is, where you had uh, there was a lot of things coming out that Malachi Black wanted his release, Thunder Rosa wanted her release, Andrade was not happy, uh, MJF had disappeared, nobody had seen them for months. 
Uh, and for you to say that, and then on top of it all, Osprey, Osprey was in AEW at the time because he was uh, being part of the trios tournament. And it's not, and it's not, um, how you call it? Um, like, nobody knows that that Omega and Osprey has been going at it through Twitter. Like, people can't act like they don't know about this, but they knew about it. So, for him to say that while Osprey was part of that meeting, you know, that's just stirring the pot even more. So, basically, the way I'm seeing it is Karma came back. And the funny thing is that the problem was not with Osprey. Instead, it was CM Punk. You know what I'm saying? Osprey had left because he had commitments uh, outside of the United States. So, basically, if things were going to get bad, it could have been worse with him and Osprey. But instead, it was CM Punk. Uh, all ace steals and all this bull crap that happened at the scrum, but Omega has been, you know, it's been known to be a little a hole also. But, but it's also was backstage news on how the young bucks are viewed by talent and staff in the AEW. They said during an audio show, PCTorch.com, Wade Keller said that Matt and Nick Jackson are generally seen as good guy behind the scenes, and the feeling among those he spoke to is that they did not deserve to be called out in the matter CM Punk did during the medium scrum. I mean, this was already boiling for months uh, because the Young Bucks went to bat for Cole Cabana uh, and they felt that Cole Cabana should not be let go. I mean, again, from what I'm reading and from what I'm seeing and from my research and all that last couple of months, it looked like CM Punk was in Tony Khan's ear because he already, in February, he was talking about he was concerned about Adam Page's title ring. And while he's saying that, a couple of months later, now he gets a title shot and he beats Adam Page for the belt and then comes back after the injury and bits about it three months later, which makes no sense. If you had a problem, you should have just took care of the problem right away, not let it boil, and now you want to bring it up in a scrum. And then you call out the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and, and, and you got what you got. You got uh, a lot of stuff that people were not, you know, too happy about. So um, there was also a situation also, uh, Bobby Fish. I mean, you know, Bobby Fish contract ended uh, with AEW. And Bobby Fish explained why he kicked out of CM Punk's GCS at Mo- on March 1st. Uh, AD, uh, AEW Dynamite match. He said, that match that I had with Punk, where things go wonky at the end of the match with the kick out on the GTS, which even which isn't even his move. That's That me gives me to the, my desire to be a little bit petty in that regard. It's Kenta's move, and you didn't even have the decency to change the name. Regardless of confusion at the end of our match, was the fact that he did what he called the office or Iggy. That is some inside baseball stuff here. He did that before he, before the three count was over. Having been in the business for a long time, I recognize what that is and have done it myself But to somebody to say, in our way, whatever, good match. He did it before the three count was over. That's also a way to alert your opponent that, hey, let's change something. In that moment, I can liken it to what Tony Khan might have been feeling when he's going off on the EVPs. You don't know what to do. In that moment, I know for myself, I had to make a split decision 
couldn't wait out this or that. I had to kick out or not kick out and lose the moment forever. I kicked out, being whatever it was. Only reason I bring it up is because we're talking about it, and I do want to extend some grace to Tony in that regard, just because I've been there. To be caught in that position is definitely should have reacted differently. Uh, Hunter or this man will have potentially folded, feel like a wet nap in that moment, which is probably the right reaction. In Tony's defense, that might not be his personality. Here it is. In this moment, he's hitched to a car of his company to the back of this to back off this guy, giving him not only a lot of money but a lot of trust. And you're kind of shitting all over the right, right next to him. It's a sucky position for everyone. Basically, I mean, if you if you understood what I read, it's like Tony Khan is putting all his marbles on CM Punk's, and CM Punk already has a lot of enemies in the industry. And the fact that he's walking around calling a wrestling move that he did not create. The GTS, that Kenta, Bullet Club's Kenta from New Japan Wrestling was the originator of that move. And like, you know, Bobby Fish said, you could have had the, you, you didn't even have the nerve, you had the nerve not to even change the name. You were using the GTS, that's the go to sleep. So, and it's funny because Kenta called out, a year ago, when he won the United States IWGP belt from, uh, I believe it's Tadahashi, he called out CM Punk. CM Punk don't want no part of Kenta. He was no part of Kenta. Somebody brought it up in, I think, in a, in a, I think in a signing or whatever. CM Punk does not want no part of Kenta. Okay? And Kenta, Kenta should kick his ass, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Because you stole the man's move. And like I said earlier during this podcast, four years he couldn't use the, the move here in the United States. So, you know, it's crazy. But there's more to this uh, Bobby Fish leaving AEW. His he was CM Punk. Uh, you know, he, um, you know, he, he talked Bobby Fish's deal has not been renewed and is effectively done with All Elite. As you know, Fish and AEW could not come to financial terms on the renewal of the deal. And a two-party way, his tag team partner, Kyle Rally, revealed he had a next year this year, which will pull him to the show for quite some time. If O'Reilly had neck fusion, that could delay Elite versus Undisputed until the end of 2023 at the earliest. But we not heard of WWE reaching out to Bobby Fish. And he hasn't been mentioned creatively from what we learned thus far. This is coming from Fightful Select. There were some indicators that Fish was on his way out. On August 20, he worked his first indie day since joining Oily Wrestling. He started a podcast shortly after that and began doing interviews on shows that AEW doesn't usually grant. In addition, he was very critical of CM Punk's work uh, kick that led to a storyline injury aggravation. In case you haven't noticed, Buffett Fitch isn't a big fan of CM Punk. Fitch, Fitch quickly began criticizing uh, Punk after leaving the company. Whether it be what Fitch claimed that his attitude backstage, his offense, or anything else, Fitch began taking aim at the AEW talent. Specifically, Fitch claimed to NBC Boston that CM Punk was a cunt. After the October 2021 match, that happened early in Fish's run. However, there's much more to that story. Even backstage distracted Punk reached out to Fight for Select. Following Fish's interview subsequent story, Grapsity's Will Washington tweeted a clip that reminded fans that Bobby Fish either kicked out right at three or made an attempt to kick out after Punk's signature go to sleep finishing move in the match. If you guess that Punk wasn't happy about that, it seems to be right. As many told us that 
that was the catalyst of the poor relationship. Several people who remember being backstage after the match were confused as to why he would do that, knowing they likely wouldn't go over well. When one veteran re relayed the message to fight for, they noted that it took CM Punk a long time to get to the pen, but that he was actually selling for Bobby Fizz in doing so. We told after that that there wasn't much communication between Punk and Fizz. Uh, so there you go. Uh, the man kicked out right exactly on three because he felt the move wasn't even his. It's incredible. Incredible. I mean, you can't make up these stories. I'm telling you. So it's crazy. But uh, that is it for me today. I mean, like I said, it was just probably about the same time, whatever, uh, that I usually do. But there's not a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, we talked about the PW500. I'm not going to go through that again. If you want to listen to my rant about that, you go to YouTube channel on, on the Chokesland Wrestling Report uh, YouTube channel, and you can listen to that. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. And hit that thumbs up to help my channel. Uh, but that is it here for the audio podcast this week. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody for supporting the podcast, supporting me. And again, you want to support the podcast, you can go to my uh, podcast store at tcwr.veryimpressive.com. That's tcwr.veryimpressive.com. And check out the shirt, the hoodie, the hat, and two other shirts I got there. If you guys like it, you know what I'm saying, subscribe to the, to the, to the website. And you'll be able to um, order the shirts. You can also listen to my YouTube channel in the website. Uh, you can also hit the link on the bottom of the, of the YouTube channel where it's the audio podcast. And you get to listen to any any show that I had done there in the past and check out this show. If you haven't heard it or if you're not listening to it right now, whatever, or tell a friend, whatever it is. Uh, you can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Most of the time I'm on Twitter. Uh, uh, also, uh, the YouTube channel, like I said. Uh, so again thank you for support this weekend coming up i'll be at the union county boys and girls club uh supporting pro wrestling project uh actually pro, uh project wrestling uh reloaded as i now will be uh sponsoring the match between chris cage and joe bullrock uh match in the making in 15 years so that's going to be interesting uh you could check out how that led off to that match because they were supposed to be attacking, but unfortunately, uh, for some untold reason, uh, I know uh, the, the one of the wrestlers retired, uh, and now it's a one-on-one -on -one between Bullrock and Chris Cage. But if you want to check out the interview of those two gentlemen, you can go to my YouTube channel and check out that those two interviews. There's one back of the other, and it's going to be very interesting on how all this led up. So check it out. Again, this, this this Saturday coming up on the 24th at the Union County Boys and Girls Club. Uh, go to Project Codename Wrestling. That's what it is, Project Codename Wrestling. And check out the Project Codename Reloaded and uh, purchase a ticket. Help the, the company and support indie wrestling. Until then, guys, I'll see you all next week. Be safe and be good. <laughs>